Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Christina Eanes, the 2022 Vice President of Marketing and Communications for the Metro DC chapter of ATD. And I'm Leticia Niago, the 2022 President-elect. We also have Helena Hodges, the Vice President of Finance and Operations, as our producer. For this episode, we are interviewing a career services professional and leadership development expert with over 30 years of experience working for the federal government. She's also a certified federal job search trainer and career coach author of Competencies That Catapult Careers, 100 Strategies to Lead Change, instructor of the first LinkedIn Learning Course for Government, Leading in Government, and a member of our chapter, Adele Dantzler. Welcome, Adele. Thank you, Christina. It's great to be here. Now, before we jump into our topic of preparing government to lead change, please share a little bit about your background with our listeners. Yes. So I actually have a, a very a long uh, experience within the federal government. I started as a student worker many, many years ago, uh, and I worked for the OPM Training Center, which not a lot of people are still are familiar with, but it was the precursor to the Graduate School USA in terms of the HR classes. So a lot of the human resource classes, a lot of the training and development courses uh, were uh, were provided by the OPM, but was provided by the OPM Training Center and Thomas Circle. So um, I started there as a student. I have a ma- uh, went and have a I have a master's degree in instructional design uh, from Syracuse. Go Orange Men! And I worked <laughs> in. Uh, 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 I worked with four or five, Fortune 500 companies for uh, the first part of my career, first six to eight years, and then uh, went into back into the government um, in a professional uh, series as an instructional system specialist. I then moved through the government um, into roles as a human resource specialist uh, in uh, specializing in workforce development and human resource development. And at the last four agencies where I worked, I did leadership development uh, and putting together curriculums and courses uh, and different types of developmental strategies for aspiring, you know, high potentials, uh, as well as team leaders, supervisors managers, and senior executive candidates. Wow, lots of expertise that we are going to tap into for the benefit of our listeners today. Thank you. So let's do that. So we hear these different terms. There's change management and leading change. Can you define both of them and and let us know, I mean, what's the difference? So it's, it's, it's interesting. So when I started doing the research for the book, what I found out was um, I actually w- decided to start with the first, what we call executive core qualifications. So these are the OPM qualifications for folks who are trying to get into the senior executive service. And the first one was leading change. So I actually did some research and come, came to find out that there's actually 
a difference between leading change and change management. Um, I had been introduced to change management over 30 years ago when I was a student in the federal government in terms of some of the change, some of the initiatives that were taking place in the late 80s and the early 90s. Uh, but what is um, when we talk about leading change um, or change management, what it means is it's actually a structured approach. Where, where you're transitioning an organization from a current state to a future state. So there are there's tools, there's models, there's processes be, behind all of these things. Uh, you know that's going to help an organization go to that desired state. And uh, this is a definition from the Association of Change Management Professionals, or the ACMP, which is a global organization of change management professionals. When I looked at it, I looked at it from the point of view of leading change. So leading change from the, you know, from some of the thought leaders in the, or, in the industry, uh, John Cotter, who, uh, K-O-T-T-E-R, he talks about change leadership, which is the driving forces, the visions, the process that fuel that large-scale transformation. So basically, when he talks about change leadership, he talks about it in terms of putting an engine on the whole change process, making it go faster, smarter, efficiently. And, uh, and he doesn't really talk about so much the the structured approach. It's more so we just want to make it go quicker. Then I looked at another thought leader, which is Richard Hawks. And Richard Hawks talks about, and it's the change leadership being the art and then the science of influencing people to engage in change. And you're moving them, same thing, current state to a desired future state. And we all know a lot of times uh, one of the definitions of leadership is influencing people. Uh, and so, but I love the federal government's definition of leading change because it's it involves a lot of what the the thought leaders and what's going on with, and, and, and it's a little different from change management. You're not really managing the change, but what you're doing is you're providing an environment where you can still meet your organizational goals, you can still get to that future state, but and you know and 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 actually achieve the organizational vision. But there's this constantly changing environment, and you're setting up the environment so that people can um, can use those resources within the organization or even outside the organization to meet the organizational goals. So it's not really structured. But it is, um, it, it, we're, we're, we're doing is we're looking at, okay, achieving the goals, but knowing that there's going to be this change. And what's, what's going on like in the last um, year and a half or year and three quarters of, of a year is this con- constantly, continuously changing environment. So what we need to do is to provide the um, the options provide the the resources so that our lead, you know the leaders can lead lead folks with these types of um, by you know by giving them the flexibility and 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 so there's there's a lot of stuff involved with uh, using resources in a constantly changing environment. And a lot of times what leaders need to do is they need to make sure that they're allowing their folks to be creative, 
to be innovative and they're giving them the uh, they're giving them that leeway that they're letting them go outside and and also outside of the organization um, and letting them making making sure that they're aware of what's going on outside so that they can pull those resources or keep those things in um, into consideration when putting when leading change. Oh, absolutely. Now, you mentioned I heard several of the competencies, uh, creativity, and innovation, flexibility. So those are uh, six part of the six competencies that part of the leading change ECQ. Can you give like just a high level overview of what those are and, and why it's crucial for those leading change to to have them? So, yeah. So these are the leading change competencies. So. Uh, what has to happen is when a leader is trying to lead change, it's important for them to have to be able to uh, to exhibit, to demonstrate this. Not they're not they're not really. It's it's kind of like it's a body of knowledge. It's it's kind of like a combination of a body of knowledge with skills, with abilities, all kind of wrapped inside. And so, uh, being able to make sure that in terms of creativity and innovation, that they're questioning the conventional approaches. They're encouraging new ideas and innovations. You know, in terms of the flexibility, they're rapidly changing, you know, rapidly adapting to new information. Um, in terms of external awareness, that they're keeping aware of, of things that are happening nationally or locally or even internationally and making sure that their stakeholders are aware of what's going on um, as well as being able to deal with the pressure, recover quickly from setbacks. But what we're also doing is we're doing all of this, but we're keeping in mind what is our goals, what are our strategic objectives, what are our we're managing the risk. We're also looking at that long-term vision, and and also a leader is going to build a shared vision with others. I love that. So wait, so creativity, innovation, external awareness, flexibility, resilience, strategic thinking, vision. It's almost like uh, can can you use these competencies as a as a template to think through and assemble developmental strategies? Yes, yes. So that's what I did with my with my book, Competencies That Catapult Careers: A Hundred Strategies to Lead Change. What I did is I. Uh, I took each of these competencies um, and then I, I defined them. And when I defined them, um, I also looked uh, and at the competency. I looked at the um, the the developmental strategies. I, I created developmental strategies that would support the demonstration of this competency. Mm. So developmental strategies, um, I, I love uh, what it's Michael Eichinger um, has done with the book FYI. So there is a book called FYI, which stands for four-year improvement. Mm -hmm. And it's by, uh, sorry, Michael M. 
Michael M. Lombardo and Robert Eichinger. Sorry. And it's <laughs> FYI for your improvement for learners, managers, mentors, and feedback givers. And so these two gentlemen, they, they had worked for us at the Center for Creative Leadership uh, years ago, over 40 years ago. They put together uh, what uh, the, uh, they looked at and did a lot of research into the optimal model for learning you know, what do we need to do to learn optimally? And what they came up with is a lot of times people just want to send people to classes. And what they said is, well, actually the classes are good. You know, we're with ATD. We we love training. But what we also have to realize is they need the chance to probably also get the coaching and mentoring and as well as opportunities to uh, to try out what they've learned on, you know, in a, in a, say an internship or in a safe environment on the job. So of course, that's where we get the 70, 20, 10 model. So 10% of it is training or some kind of formal education. 20% is the coaching and mentoring. And then the 70% is the on the job. So um, what I did is I created the developmental strategies alongside uh, aligning them with the 70-20-10 models. So for each of those competencies, the six that you mentioned, there are 70, well, they're actually 70 experience, uh, experiential um, developmental strategies, things that people could do. There's 20 coaching and mentoring strategies and then there's 10 formal training and uh and educational opportunities that i've outlined in the book oh nice i love that so we're we'll have to put a link to that uh, in the episode description yes (laughs) yes so now let's say someone who's new to to leading others through change now, I know there's a lot involved, but what are some of the those first things, you know, it's like some practical tips that like the first three things they need to do to help strengthen themselves in this area? Well, I think some of the first things that they could do is to actually start listening. You know, uh, some of the, when I started doing the research, uh, some of the more, pra- you know, more practical or uh, some of the the easier things to implement would be actually to start listening, uh, to listen to others. So doing listening sessions, uh, because a lot of uh, leaders uh, need to realize that a lot of the solutions in terms of change, they're going to come from your team members. So I think it's really important to listen to the team members, have those listening sessions, you know, um, so that you can get you're not only getting their ideas, you know, and, and, and brainstorming, but you're also gauging the environment to figure out like where people are right now, you know, where, where, where is everyone so that you can get everybody on the same page. So that's a, that's a huge piece of it. Oh yeah. Huge. And I like uh, how earlier you said it's about creating that environment and listening is a huge skill in creating that environment. For people to feel, well, let's call it psychological safety yeah, in a, in a changing environment. Exactly. And it's that first part of, yeah, like you said, setting the environment. And once you've, you know, the leader has expressed the, uh, the willingness to listen, a lot of the other 
um, a lot of the other barriers, a lot of the other issues, you know, are going to be, um, are going to, are going to kind of, are going to be easier to over, overcome. Uh, what, what happens is, um, because you're listening, because you're having that open environment, you're also, that also is part of team building, building that team um, so that everybody can make sure that, uh, that, that they agree to the goal. Because that's, that's what a lot of it is. We have to remember that there are goals. There is a vision that has been established. Uh, if it has to change, even it, it, and even if it has to change, the listening is going to, you know, that listening session is going to help you realize that it, that it needs to change. Um, and you can communicate that to senior, to the senior leaders of the organization so that uh, they can get an idea of what they're being faced with when they're asking their, their, their uh, managers, their supervisors, the team, you know, those folks who are, who've been assigned to be these leading change champions to go ahead and, and, uh, and address a leading change initiative. I love that. Speaking of initiatives. So, right. You, you mentioned earlier the turmoil that we've gone through in the last year and we'll call it three quarters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A lot of that. Right. So, uh, I love learning from like real life success stories uh, do you, can you share with our listeners maybe a, a success story that was either at the federal, state, or local government uh, of leading change? Yeah, yeah. So I've um, right now I'm I'm a, a consultant, and um, I had a client where you know a lot of the courses were instructor led. You know that was that ten percent, but they were yeah. really good courses. Uh, they had done a you know very very engaged students. Uh, that would fly from all over the country and some folks from, you know, outside of the United States to take these courses. And it was uh, one of the agencies that's in the news, so I'm not going to really mention it. But uh, what had happened was there was, you know, when uh, the pandemic happened, there was the need to, um, you know, all the courses were shut down. We, you know, we could not meet in person. They shut down the courses. And so uh, we had to be we had to be creative. We had to be creative. We had to be innovative. Uh, we had to look at different ways and, and flexible. We had yep. to look at what. And I think one of the you know um, we had to be flexible. We had to be creative. We had to be you know be resilient. We had to you know because there was still a need for people. This was critical information that people needed, especially during the pandemic. Um, and that was the that was the vision. That was the strategic plan of the organization to offer the type of training that we did. So what happened was um, I ended up taking a look at doing, looking at that external awareness. So we, you know, so uh, looking at that external awareness, looking at what other folks were doing. And there were actually groups within the org, that same organization that decided, you know what, we're going to just offer, um, you know, we're going to offer this stuff via a webinar. And their webinars were attended by tens of thousands of folks. And yes, and it got a lot of really critical, crucial information out there to help with a pandemic. And so um, using that, using that external awareness, using, uh, was able to uh, convince senior leaders to try the approach 
because uh, everybody was just waiting for the training classes to be set back up. And they kept pushing them, you know, like, oh, we'll cancel these, but we're going to keep these on. We're going to cancel these and keep these on. And what ended up is they they ended up going ahead and we we, we ended up putting together webinars which were very well attended and uh, where uh, students from all over the nation were able to attend and provide, you know, and, and, and get the, need, the, the information they needed to provide assist, assistance to uh, citizens um, in that time of need. Um, and because it was, what that was was it was a change. It was a change. It was it was in terms of leading change. How to how to be creative. We didn't, you know, we we looked at what was going on outside the external awareness, but we were also creative because we decided what you know what what were some things that we could do. What were some some strategies, some methods that we could use with our audience, which is a, was a little bit different, a little different, but and or had a different purpose for the information. Um, and so uh, I can say it was very successful, and it also led to them looking into other methods, uh, virtual methods, uh, blended learning uh, methods to get the information out. And, uh, and so they were able to, uh, to address some of the backlog as well as there's now, uh, from what I understand, there's a great demand for uh, that training. And it, you know, yeah, it was a great, uh, great demand for the training and it's getting really great reviews. Uh, but the, the part of leading change was, you know, stepping, kind of making a business case and, and, uh, and showing leaders that we could be creative, we could be uh, flexible, we could be resilient by looking at what's going on outside and still, and still address the vision, address the strategic plan for the organization. I love it. Pivot, continue to move on, moving forward. That's it. Awesome. Adele, at the end of every episode, we like to ask our guests five rapid fire style questions. Each question requires less than 60 seconds to respond. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) Good, good. Give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why. So uh, I've I kind of mentioned uh, one of the books that I, I think is really helpful. It's a little bit more of the leadership development, but um, I, again, it's FYI, For Your Improvement, A Guide for Development and Coaching for Learners, Managers, Mentors, and Feedback Givers by Michael M. Lombardo and Ro- Robert Eichinger. And what it has is 60, 67 competencies. You know, and within those competencies, there are what does it look like, you know, when you have the competency, what it looks like when you may not have the competency or when it's overused. And then there's some, I guess, on the job or, you know, training types of solutions to be able to practice that uh, or and, and to achieve or build that competency. And then some and then it has a ton of suggested readings as well. And I, I love this book and I've actually used this book to make a number of courses at, a, at another agency, a number of leadership courses, which were really popular at another agency. So um, love nice. that book. Thank you. Thank you. Now give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using. Oh, okay. So one of the tools that I've actually 
uh, I was, you know, had a, a need to do some research for a client and um, looking at how they could review e-learning. And a lot of times what they wanted is a notation that they could use with the e-learning that was online instead of saying going to page, you know, putting it in a separate spreadsheet. And um, some of the uh, some of the uh, tools, the author, authoring softwares, they have that built in, but uh, we didn't have that. So I've, um, when I went on a user site for a software, they mentioned review my e-learning. And, uh, and it is very cost effective. I, I looked at the pricing. It seemed to be quite uh, cost effective. Um, and, and basically, you can actually use this to review uh, e-learning and to have your uh, subject matter experts make comments, you know, right there and then go ahead and download all of the comments into uh, either a spreadsheet or a database. So it is, um, you can go ahead and start making the changes. Uh, as we What's the name of the tool again? ReviewMyElearning.com. Nice. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Now, can you tell us what is the best piece of talent development related advice that you have ever been given? Oh, wow. So this goes back almost 20 something, 20 years ago. <laughs> and what I've learned, um, which helped me is, is to always give your client, whether they're internal or external, you know, clients, give them options. So um, if you're starting off in the field of talent development, a lot of times we get wed to like one solution. So what we need to do is say, you know, you, you're going to always have your one solution that you're lo- going to love, but go ahead and do three, three solutions and, you know, and present them to your client, your manager, your supervisor, your team, and, you, and, and, and then the pros and the cons of each solution. And I and then have that conversation with whoever you're presenting it to, like let make them part of the make them part of the decision making process to say, uh, you know, which one of these threes do you like? Or is there a combination of all three? You know, or is there some piece from all these three solutions that you like that we can kind of combine? And um, I think that that approach when I started using that. It shows that you're thinking ahead, that you're being collaborative, um, as well as that you're open. You're open, like I said, to change because a lot of times you may think, oh, this is like the perfect solution. You know, we're going to do this training class or learning, you know, learning episode. And all of a sudden people are like, that's not what I want. And a lot of times that's people don't, they don't know what they want, but you've got and that's also what the uh, having the options is going to help is you're, they're going to know what they don't want, but also there, there is going to probably be a piece that they do want. And, and having the three options and the pros and cons of each is going to be very helpful. Nice. There is nothing like having options. Now, what is one thing that you're excited about that's coming up in our 2022 year? Um, so it's interesting because, you know, we start talking about the great resignation and there's been so many articles about it, but I, what I'm seeing is that, um, there's a lot of interest now on work-life balance 
And I think that a lot of companies, because we're trying to keep folks, we're trying to, you know, and me being in career services, I see a lot of companies when they put out their ads for vacancy announcements and I'm working with my clients to put together resumes and help with their job search, that uh, they're looking at that. They're looking at uh, that work-life, you know, what is offered in terms of the work-life balance. And, you know, of course, remote work, virtual work, uh, telework, uh, that's all part of it. But um, I, th- I think that we're going to have to look at some other, some other ways to also make sure that there is work-life balance in, 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 in an innovative ways to implement work-life balance when we're, uh, when we're, when we're working in, uh, you know, when, when people are looking at new opportunities. So um, I look for, you know, wellness, but, you know, you could look at wellness, you can look at um, being fit, but there's also, and of course the telework, the remote, but there's also some other things that I don't think we've actually, uh, that we still need to um, uh, discover. And I think we're going to discover some, some different ways uh, in 2022 to, uh, to realize that work-life balance. Nice, exciting stuff. Now, what is one thing within our chapter and our ATD community that you are deeply grateful for right now? I, I actually, um, I love um, when um, it's the one of, it's the, the communities of practice. Um, I think that, um, the the DC Metro chapter of ATD has done a wonderful job with their communities of practice. Um, I have very very wonderful offerings from each of the each of the communities of practice, and I especially you know I've I've learned a lot from the independent consultant as well as the instructional design, but I really look forward to the leadership development COP because at the beginning of each year they have a predictions potluck. I've been miss- I've been missing those potlucks, you know, <laughs> really, really missing the potlucks. But I love the fact that they've adapted it for an um, an online or virtual method, and um, I love to hear uh, what's what people think will be the new uh, what will be the predictions for the new year. And um, I actually was looking at what their predictions were earlier this year because I think I attended it this year and looking at some of the articles from HR t- Trends. And th- some of the things that they discussed and as, as well, you know, it was like what you said, it was, or what, what um, I had mentioned rather, it was the, you know, that whole thing of work-life balance, you know, how are we going to make sure that uh, folks are going back to work are going to have that work-life balance. So, um, so they were spot on, huh? They were spot on. <laughs> yeah. So if you Aww. go to the website and if you go into the community and a, a practice and look at what was what was uh, brought up in uh, in their April, sorry, in their January uh, meeting, you will definitely see some of the things that I've been mentioning about the work life, work life. Awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Adele. Thank you so much for inviting me and uh, to talk about change. Um, I'm really, you know, it's funny because I started writing the book 
prior to the pandemic, I, my goal was just, I'd gotten a lot of folks who said, well, how do I put together curriculums and how do I become an SES? And I've been working with a lot of folks, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, career coaching. And I had uh, talked to them, you know, as well as people who were, who had gone into leadership in, in a lot of different um, agencies. And I was talking to them about all the different developmental strategies. And so I said, well, you know what, instead of keeping repeating myself, I'm just going to go ahead and write a book. And there you like, go. And then, you know, but, and actually it's a workbook so people can actually pick and choose how to put together their curriculums um, as well as, you know, resources on career planning um, as well and networking and uh, vendors that, you know, um, for, that they can use to find more, uh, to, to get experience on leading change and to find out more information about leading change. Awesome. Well, we're glad you shared your expertise with us. And I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you to my co-host as well. Thank you so much, Adele. This was quite informative. Thank you for stopping by and sharing your wisdom with us. It's, been, it's my pleasure. Thank you guys for inviting me. It's, it's uh, always love talking with DCATD. You guys have been <laughs> such a great help in my career. And I just encourage if you've not uh, if you've not had a chance, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't had a chance to get involved or attend any of the DCATD uh, events, go to their website and really take a look at a lot of the stuff that they're doing. I love it. Nice plug. And many thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, though, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Do you want to connect with like-minded talent development professionals? Then go to dcatd.org forward slash COPs to learn more about our independent consultants, instructional design, leadership development, and government communities of practice. Follow the Metro DC chapter of ATD on LinkedIn today.